Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and I'm happy to be here with you for another week talking some New Hampshire high school football. Once again, as always, alongside me, Mike Lockman, a uh, longtime football coach in New Hampshire. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining us. Always and, and good to be here. Glad we're here for another week. Uh, just finished up, what, week six? Uh, so now we're two-thirds of the way through the regular season. Uh, just It's hard to believe it flies this fast. Yeah, uh, it is. Now, before we get started, let me remind everyone we'll be recording this show this season on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. You can be a part of the show by emailing us at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can come on down and listen to us live and make faces at us and try to get us to mess up. Uh, always doesn't a fun time. Doesn't yeah, take doesn't much, take I'll much. tell you that. Uh, <laughs> again, the show will be available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, Coach, uh, once again, uh, there were a couple of, I think, probably pretty interesting games this week. Uh, maybe not so much because of their final, sco final scores, um, but just because of, or ex I shouldn't say be more because of their final scores and, and maybe the lack of, of closeness. Um, but I think, f you know, between Friday and Saturday night, for, or Saturday in Division One, the three games that kind of stood out to me the most, uh, or I should say four games, uh, Pinkerton 61, North 19, yeah, and Londonderry 21, Merrimack nothing, because mm -hmm. those two games were all but playoff games for North and Merrimack. Uh, and then Goffstown 21, Bedford 7, and Central 42, Dover 36. Yep. I mean, those were really the four. Those were the ones, ones that to stuck me. out yeah. to me, too, right? <laughs> it, you know, it's funny because at this, you know, we had talked about midseason and, and how that has its flavor to it because. Um, teams have their identities now, and you're starting to see people pull away from the pack. Where, when you get to two thirds of the way through the season, at this point, now you're, you know, again, you don't know whether people are mathematically eliminated or still in it. I, I've never been good at figuring that yeah. out, but you, you, you do start to be able to check the box on, hey, you know, this team is is this team is looks like in, yeah, it looks right? like they're in, looks like they're out. And I would say yeah, Winnicott at Salem, um, without having actually sat down and figured it out, they've got to be in six. Six and zero. I mean, that's the other thing to figure too. Is is I don't think there have been too many five and three teams that have made the playoffs and under this form, under the the current format. Of course, we had a couple four and five teams. Yep. You know, way back the first couple of years. So six wins most likely means you're in. Um, you know, you look at the Southwest cluster, and I think that one is pretty much locked down with Salem, Nashua South as the top teams in each conference, and then Londonderry and Pinkerton, not in that order. Um, actually, Pinkerton, Londonderry as the other two teams, yep. um, you know, North would need South to almost completely collapse in the last three weeks and then also pull off a win over Salem. Uh, and then Merrimack, same thing, would have to figure out how to beat Salem and Pinkerton and also have one of those teams just completely fall apart, right. which I, it just doesn't seem possible. It's not plausible. <laughs> Anything is possible, but... Uh. True, okay, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> yes. You know, I, I thought I thought the... Speaking of those games where teams sort of separate themselves, uh, I thought the Pinkerton win over Nashua North was was pretty telling. I mean, North is certainly a quality opponent, and that's the other thing that you you can be sure of at this time of year is you you are able to differentiate quality wins, and I I would consider that Pinkerton win, especially the score, uh, a quality yeah, win. Yeah. I mean, North is a pretty good team. I know they didn't have R.J. Jenkins this week, but. Um, when I, when I saw North, I was most impressed with them up front. I thought that they had a very good um, offensive yeah. and defensive line in front on the defense. And 
Pinkerton shredded them. I mean, sounded like the Hicks brothers had just had their day, day with him. I, I talking to, to North coach uh, Dante Lorendi after after that game, you know, he said it was just bad from the start. They um, they ended up running a trick play probably early in the second quarter. I think it was um, that was supposed to be the second play of the game, except someone lined up in the wrong spot. And, you know, they improvised, and it ended up being a, a complete pass but complete out of bounds. Yeah. Um, and then on the next play, someone else lined up in the wrong spot, and they end up having to punt. Um, he said repeatedly de on defense, guys lined up wrong. Uh, their tackling was not great. I mean, granted, some of that, I think, is Pinkerton's elusiveness. I was going to say, hard to tackle uh, those yeah. guys from what I've seen um, already. I don't know if uh, – Ty Hicks might still be running around out there. I don't know if anybody's tackled him. I mean, he – was just one of those where I, you know, I try to do video of games, um, and I ended up stopping because most of my video clips were the line of scrimmage, and then all of a sudden realizing that Ty Hicks was ten yards downfield, yeah, and trying to jump to that. So I mean, yeah, just uh, yeah, and I've got a figure. I mean, I've seen Pinkerton a little bit this year. I've certainly, uh, and when I've watched them, I've watched more of their skill position guys, but they have got to have. Um, a pretty good offensive line this year for you know, for them to put up that kind of rushing performance against what I thought was a pretty good North front. Right. Not I great, but a pretty good North front. May, still maybe not that traditional Pinkerton line that we're, you're used to seeing, um, where it's just you know five massive guys right across the board, but still uh, definitely better than last year and, and a little bit uh, mm -hmm. one of the best, I would say, you know in the division this year. Yeah. Um, you know, when you again on that si staying on that side, you look at that Londonderry Merrimack game, and mm -hmm. um, you know I, I've heard mixed things from people that they thought it might be closer. They thought it was going to be more of a blowout in Londonderry's favor, um, and I heard you know someone say to me, "Wow, Merrimack didn't score any point. Like, how does Merrimack not score?" Yeah, um, and I think they are they're just struggling at times to get other players aside from Joe Eichmann. And to a less, you know, lesser degree, Ben Eichmann to step up. Yeah. Um, you know, those two guys, I think, have been the Merrimack offense for most of the year, and teams have figured that out by this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to um, it's hard to feature a guy at this phase of the of the season if other teams know that they can scheme to take him away and that your other options maybe aren't as effective. Um, you know. Uh, it is tough because I think I, I did see some of that game, and I thought Merrimack played really well defensively. Um, Londonderry is a pretty good offense. Um, they do some option stuff, and, and, and they, they have um, kind of like a Salem philosophy where it seems like they vary their ball carriers. Yeah. It's not like a one-man a one show. But, um, you know, again, I keep apologizing going back to the beginning of the year because I had kind of written Londonderry off as a, you know, an average team at best maybe. We got fooled by that, uh, the f you know, the fact they've been down for a couple of years, yeah. and that, that jamboree performance was yeah was <laughs> left something <laughs> to be desired. And I mean, I you look at that, and 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 you know, Bedford on the one, you know, the team that beat Londonderry in that jamboree um, looked like the defending champs in that game. They may not even make the playoffs now. Yeah, it's almost and unfathomable. It's, it's a complete one eighty. Yeah, yeah. So hats off to Londonderry because they've they've really. Um, had a great season they've put together for themselves. I, I think, I'm not sure what their remaining schedule is, but um, they've got Alvern this week at yeah. home, and then they travel to South, uh, and then they finish up with Salem. So they've got so they've got a couple two tough of games there, yeah. Yeah, big games. But it, in that again, stretch. they they hold the tiebreakers with North and Merrimack, right? 
Um, you know, so at worst, probably would finish with three losses, and that's as good as both of those teams can do right now. I mean, at best, they're they're three loss teams. Yeah. So, so they're going to make an interesting playoff team because they've they've had a pretty good stretch here. Yeah. Um, and then and then you had just mentioned um, the other the other one. What am I thinking of here? Oh, uh, Bedford mm-hmm. is is an almost. Uh, it's a very surprising thing to be talking at this phase of the season that Bedford might not be a yeah, playoff. Yeah, and team. It, and it's it's why you know things like injuries are so can be so damaging to a high school team. I mean, and Bedford's one of those teams that you know gets you know eighty, ninety, a hundred guys to come out you know each year. Um, you know, Thomas Morgan, the backup quarterback who came in last week for Connor Roberts, certainly looked like. A, a varsity football player. Yep. Um, he just got thrown in against one of what's been one of the best defenses in Division One this year. I mean, yep. they there were times where, you know, maybe if his first couple of reads weren't there, you know, he wasn't sure what to do. You know, do I do I wait here a couple seconds longer and then see if someone gets open, or do I run? And then by the time that decision's, I mean, maybe you know, in a JV game, you've got that extra second or two. But, you know, in a varsity game, that time's not there. And they were able to get to him. I, w- I had him for five sacks, Goffstown, in that game. So. Wow, yeah. And they put more pressure on him than that, too. Yeah, and if you think about it, and I'm, I'm not jumping ahead to Division Two yet, but, but it was the same story when the Hollis Brookline quarterback went down in the first game of the season right. against Wyndham, yep. and Sander uh, Wimmer came in, who's their current quarterback, and I think he got sacked. Um, a number of times. A number of times, yeah. yeah. At, least, you know, at least five or six, yeah. The, the game is, is much... Uh, quicker when you don't have that everyday experience, yeah. and I'm sure that's what the case is with with Bedford taking some sacks like that. Is that the reads don't come as fast, the the game hasn't slowed itself down, the nerves are still going. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's a, a and again, I'm a, a, a pulling away sort of defining win for Goffstown as well. I know Goffstown probably would have loved to have beaten Winnicunit. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a pretty good, pretty close game if I remember correctly, but, uh, you know, that rivalry that we talked about in last week's show between between Gosstown and Bedford, there were over 1,000 people at that game. I mean, Yeah, very um, well attended. It's one of those ones where you turn around where you're, you know, standing on the sidelines, and it's you don't want to block anybody's view, but sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's just so many, you know, so many people standing ar- around the field. Um, and you know, it sounds like Gosstown has gotten um, Duval going as well. They, they did last week, and uh, which they absolutely needed to. I mean, you know, we talked about Joe Eichmann, you know, uh, people figuring out that he's the guy that you got to shut off if you're going to uh, slow down Merrimack. Uh, Andrew Duvall is the same player for, for Goffstown. Uh, and, you know, he had one touch uh, in that game against Winnicunnant, which is just uh, you need to get that guy the ball more. And they, they did a little bit. I mean, uh, you know, they went to him five times in the running game, and they caught two passes. Uh I want. I think the first three times he touched the ball, he picked up a first down. Yeah. Um, and then you know both of his touchdown, his catches went for touchdowns. Yeah. The second of which, I I don't know how. Uh, I'd like to have seen the, like a replay of that play at a different angle because the angle I saw it from, I don't know how he got through Bedford's defense, um, but he did, and and I believe that was a thirty-eight yard touchdown. Yeah. I, I've talked to a D coach, D one coach or two that have said that that. They think he's the best player in Division One, skill position player. Uh, I, I don't know. I actually haven't seen him live yet. Um, but there's there's been a couple of D1 coaches who have said, well, yeah, he's the best player in D1, yeah. um, which is 
pretty high praise. And and he may be even better defensively than he is offensively. Yeah, uh, and I think that's where the praise came yeah. from is that he's good on both sides of the ball yeah. and contributes uh, well, tremendously. That'll be should be lead to an interesting matchup Friday. As, you know, Goffstown goes to Manchester to play Central. Yeah. Uh, in what you know, one of those games that's kind of really intriguing on 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 who's gonna what's gonna happen in that game because you have Goffstown that's given up. Sixty uh, something points all year against Central that scored more than that in one game. I mean, they're averaging over forty points a game. Yeah. Um, you know, and and with Duval kind of being that uh, center fielder back there in the in the Goffstown defense, you know, how what impact does he have? And you know, he's a very experienced player back there. Of course, Central quarterback uh, Alex Hawkham is. You know, this is his second year as the starter. He's very good. He's very good. Yeah. Um, you know. Who's going to win that matchup? Uh, and, and it should be a pretty interesting one. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting about Central this year is, uh, and, and Central had a victory this this weekend too that was kind of a defining uh, victory over over Dover um, out on the seacoast there. But um, Central is interesting to me in, in a matchup with Goffstown because Central is one of the t- one of the few teams I think that does not use sort of the spread offense but still managed to put up very, very balanced offensive statistics, yeah. meaning they can run the ball pretty well out of the eye, and they, and they can throw the ball play action well out of the eye and get into t- t- some spread sets as well to throw the ball. Hockham's a good quarterback. Um, but I think what I'm trying to say here, and I don't want to get too technical for the listeners, <laughs> but the coach in me comes out and you say, hey, if Duval's playing free safety and – in that scheme that Coach Huff runs, uh, the free safety has to get involved in the run a little bit, uh, being that extra guy in the box. Um, and Central seems to do really good at taking their shots downfield off play-action passing once they get the run game going. So it'll, it'll yeah. put Duval, a great player, in an interesting bind. You know, What is his first priority going to be this week? Is it going to be stepping up and helping out with that, that Central run game when they get in their, their I-formation stuff? Or is it going to be, hey, look, you know, let them chip away at us, but don't let anything go deep. Yeah, yeah. everyone make a note of that. So next week, <laughs> when, we, uh, <laughs> when we come back, but I mean, you, you know, uh, just one more thing on Central, real quick. You know, they're getting into, you know, these last three games is kind of the meat, or their last four games is kind of the meat of their schedule. Yeah. You know, they open with Exeter. Uh, they beat Dover last week in a last-second win. Uh, the Goffstown this week, when it kind of next week, and then at Bedford to finish yeah. the year. Uh, and you know a lot of their other games. You know they o- they beat Memorial by seven, uh, Concord by two. Another last second win there yeah. when the defense had to make a play, and then of course Dover by six. So they've had some close games. You wonder how much might that adversity kind of help? You know down that stretch against those other teams. Yeah, I think it helps tremendously. I you know again having having been in the the coaching role a couple times, I always felt our team was really strong when we came out of if, if we were lucky enough to have a couple of those close games central's been in those games all season so they're battle tested but they've they've definitely got a stretch ahead of them that's i, I didn't realize that was their full yeah. schedule yeah. And, and that's that's brutal yeah they're, they're they've got uh it's kind of an interesting scenario where they they are five and one goffstown's five and one i think a goffstown win pretty much wraps up the conference for them and the number two seed uh, number one or two seed, depending on what happens with Winnicott. But Central, even if they beat Goffstown, they still have to, you know, probably beat Winnicott and or Bedford to, to yeah. hang on to that spot. Yeah, and, and uh, that's gonna those are both tall orders. I mean, Bedford will be stinging and not yeah. easy to beat by that point. Winnicott has proven time and again they're virtually unbeatable. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun watching Central the yeah. next couple weeks. And you, you alluded earlier to uh, one of the teams that played in probably the biggest game in D2 last week, the uh, Hollis Brookline, went out to Conval, came away with a 21-13 win. Uh, you know, that's just uh, really big for uh, HB's chances of getting into the postseason. Yeah. Um, you know, now you look at it and – it almost seems like they have a little bit of wiggle room. We talked about that season finale with Sauhegan being a potential play-in game. Um, I may even say, you know, you may even say that even if Hollis loses that game, they could still be in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, I, probably a lot of it depends on the point scenarios and, and maybe even some of the tiebreakers at this point. You know, you've got to figure, uh, you know, I, I, was do I was doing all this in my head the other day, so it's probably meaningless because I can, I can <laughs> barely count to five in my head. But... Uh, you know, I was thinking about the fact that if they somehow ended up in a tiebreaker scenario, I know one of the big tiebreakers is kind of like wins on the road, and they had that win week one against Milford, who yeah. I know Milford Conville, you mean? Yeah, yeah Conville. Yeah, I'm Conville, sorry. Yeah. yeah, and and so you look at that and say, I wonder if that win could be could a deciding factor. Um, but yeah, a great quality win for them. You know, that's been a great back and forth battle. We've alluded to that for several weeks now. And um, and it was all of that. It it, it, it does make you wish that um, Dan Spezzaferi had had a chance to to be out there and play because I know that for right. for whatever reason he wasn't suited Ill for the game. Illness, I guess he was sick. Was he Friday? sick? Yeah, yeah that's got to yeah. kill a kid like that. But um, but uh, but you know what? The other kid that played for um, I, I I forget the back uh, quarterback's name. Yeah, yeah. He but he's battle tested. He, he beat he yeah. beat. Um, he played in that. Played against year. them last yeah. year and played re made a couple other regular season starts. Uh, I'm not sure if he's getting the nod this week against Pelham or not. Um, sure, we'll find that out. They play Saturday night. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was a big game, and, and hats off to Hollis Brookline because that, that does pave the road fairly well to them for them leading into that last game against Sauhegan. You know, this would be the point where we would be talking about another really big game in Division Two this week, but because of the odd number of teams, uh, one of the games that got dropped – uh, back in August was John Stark at Plymouth, which mm -hmm. would have been this Saturday. Um, yeah. You know, matchup between a six and zero team and a five and one team. Yep. Last year, both teams were undefeated going into that game. Um, it's a it's too bad. Instead, you know, not actually not a it's a pretty light D two schedule this week. I don't think there's too many games with a ton of playoff implications. Sanborn at Sauhegan would be one of them, um, but. I mean, I know Sanborn's been improved, um, but I don't, I don't see them coming into Amherst and winning that game. No, especially not with the way. I mean, if if you're Sauhegan, you're looking at your schedule now and saying, "Hey, we 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 beat Milford. We pretty much put Milford in the rearview mirror." Yeah. Uh, when they beat Milford a couple weeks ago, um, you know, West was coming off of their first program win in a while. Sauhegan, but but you knew Sauhegan was probably going to win that game, and they and they and they went into uh, Manchester and took care of business. You know, and then they're looking ahead at um, Sanborn, who does not have a winning record. They're looking at um, Hillsborough uh, Deering, yeah. who's a, a second-year program that has some talent, but they don't have a winning record either. Uh, so you got to figure that Sauhegan is probably set to cruise. Into that, yeah, that last that regular last season game. game against Hollis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although Sanborn, uh, you know, they're kind of interesting this year. They've been up and down a little bit, and which is why I'm kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't think that it could happen, but 
I guess you never know. Yeah, I think the the key there is Sanborn. From what I've seen of Sanborn, they do have a pretty physical running game. They have a pretty a pretty good fullback in their scheme, and so it'll be, you know, the, for Sauhegan, there's a big difference defending, you know, kind of a, a a spread type team versus a team that will run fullback trap and fullback ISO at you 15, 20 times a game. So it'll be the stoutness of the defense that will uh, that will probably determine that one. You know, we were we were talking about you know. That Sauhegan Hollis game potentially being for playoff spot, what's it going to come down to? Honestly, it could be Bo. Bo could be, you know, depending on what they do um, over the last couple weeks of the season, could determine, you know, what happens with both of those teams. Because right now, you know, Bo's four and one, but their rating is not as good as Sauhegan's at three and two. Right. Sauhegan, or I should say, they're tied in the rating, and Sauhegan gets the the playoff spot right now because of a win over John Stark. Um, Bo still has to play them. Yep. Winning that game would be huge. That's uh, a week from Saturday, the yep. 21st. Um, it's good for Bo, and it takes the points away from Sauhegan. It would take the points away from Sauhegan, yep. too, yeah, and and put mean potentially meaning that that Hollis-Sauhegan game is for the last playoff spot. Yeah. Well, there Which would is be kind of fun if you want to if you want to go you catch you a go game yeah, that week. Yeah, <laughs> it's playoffs start early at yep. that week. Um, of course, what might be the game of the week outside of uh, – Goffstown Central uh, taking place in Division Three, um, somewhere on the moon. I think uh, is that yeah. where Summer Summersworth's like right around the corner from from there. I yeah, um, <laughs> Campbell at Summersworth, both both five and O teams um, meeting on Friday night in Summersworth. Um, I mean, it it should be from you know what we've read and and, and what we've seen of Campbell this year. Uh, I have not seen Summersworth in person. Just you know read a ton about them they just this should be a very intriguing matchup i think so and i think especially given that the the uniform across the board um bye week was last week so you've got two teams that are not only in mid-season form undefeated performing great but they've had two weeks to rest up to to game plan to to get familiar with the other team look at look at a little extra film um i mean it's gonna it will probably be a playoff atmosphere, but with with fresh legs. I, I mean, that's going to be a fun game. I, I uh, I'm selfishly, I kind of wish it was at Campbell. Yeah, I I closer same, to same here, same <laughs> here. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, that's that's probably that could be. I mean, forget D three, D one, D two. That's that could be a game of the week. Yeah. Regardless, that's a great game. And then the following week uh, at Monadnock will be Newport Monadnock, which both teams look like they should be going into that game. Uh, also undefeated, uh, Manadnock does have a tough one uh, coming up this week uh, against Kearsarge, uh, yep. but that's a home game. Uh, you'd, you'd probably have to favor them in that, just also given the way that they've played this year. While um, you know Newport hosts Muscoma Valley, so they should both, uh, like I said, be six and zero going into that game. Yep. You would think, uh, of course, anything's possible, yeah. uh, but maybe sometimes less so in high school football. Yeah, yeah, it, it is true. I mean, I think the one thing that we've talked about with D3 is that it it can be a little bit more variable just because if you get a, a key guy or two injured, yeah, that could be yeah, the whole world season, right there. Yeah. Right, it's, it's very different. So hopefully everybody's healthy coming out of the bye and, and there's a couple of great football games to be had there. You know, there are a couple of other interesting games this week that maybe don't involve uh, playoff scenarios like Nor- North BG taking place over at Stelos on Friday night. Yep. Um, you know, you've got um, Memorial and Spalding, I believe, playing Friday night uh, at Spalding. Yeah. Two teams that 
one of them I don't think has had a win since the last time Memorial and Spalding played, um, both on lengthy losing streaks that they both had chances earlier this oh. year to end. Yeah, and I was going to say, both teams have had a couple of games where they've been so close and they've battled. Um, I think this past weekend, actually, it Spalding was. Spalding was, was very, uh, kept it very close against Concord. Yeah, and Concord kind of pulled away at the end yeah, with, with a couple a of big plays. It was one of those where Concord, I think, had a two-score lead and, and Spalding kept coming back to make it one and then just couldn't get that stop. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of those teams will uh, finally get a, a notch in the win column there. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a couple of games uh, covered for you coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow will be a, a, a big day with a couple of uh, non-football sports covered. I'll be over at uh, Nashua South as the girls' volleyball team takes on undefeated Hollis Brookline. Uh, we'll also have coverage of Manchester Memorial and Concord Girls Soccer. So take a look for those on Thursday morning uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, this week we'll have a handful of football games covered for you including Goffstown at Manchester Central and Sanborn at Sauhegan uh, Friday night. And then on Saturday, uh, three games, Bedford at Concord, Lebanon and Wyndham, and Conval and Pelham. Uh, so, you know, whenever you get a chance, check those out at the at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, sign up for a membership, you know, give us a little support here. And tell us, uh, let's show us how much you love listening to the podcast and reading about uh, what's going on in high school sports. Uh, of course, you know, any little bit helps. If you uh, think the podcast is any good, the articles are much better. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Li- yeah, you don't have to. I don't have to listen to me ramble for for thirty minutes. You can just the, read it. The articles are very concise and are, are written by people who know what they're doing. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, and uh, Mike, thanks again for uh, stopping in and joining me this week. Absolutely. Uh, uh, for Mike Lockman, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening. <laughs>